lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. One month from today. It's probably not going to be over. I just want to warn you now. One month from today, an election will occur. When it will end, who knows? I am Steve Dace. Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre are here with us if you'd like to join us as well. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Over on Parlor at Steve Dace. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace is where you can find clips of this show that you can sample yourself and then share with others if you would like. And then don't forget my new book, The Novella Sequel to a Nefarious Plot, A Nefarious Carol, is releasing on December the 15th, just in time for Christmas. You can get your copy for Christmas and guarantee that my children get a Christmas in the in the process. Kill two birds with one stone there, if you don't mind. It is the sequel to my 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot, which we are studying now uh, for Theology Thursday. We are turning it into a motion picture as we speak. So get your copy of A Nefarious Carol. Yes, you can also get it at barnesandnoble.com. It's just Amazon is kind of the centralized aggregator for book sales these days. So the publishers always want you to promote that now. But I've had a couple of you say, hey, I don't want to give Amazon my money. Don't blame you. You can get it at barnesandnoble.com as well. That's where pre-sales are occurring there too. So thank you. Uh, Pre-sales for the book are going well from what I'm told. So thank you very much to all of you that have uh, chipped it. I'm sorry. um, Gotten your books. Am I getting better? Is this better? I liked it from the beginning. Yeah. Can you be better than best? It was... Uh, Buy the book. Yeah. Do it. Like Palpatine would say, do it. Hey, that's what my kids are saying right now. Do it. Okay? Because, yeah, they've got Disney coming up here in about a month, but, you know, they're thinking, what's what are we doing for Christmas vacay next year, right? And that's frankly going to be up to all of you. Yeah. Here's my sales pitch. Uh, every time you buy a book, you're slowing the spread of coronavirus. Yes. I have about yeah. as much evidence for that as I do face masks. There you go. And if you're not sure... Just buy the book, keep buying the book for two weeks and we'll find out. Just yep. wait two weeks, keep buying the book in the process, wait two weeks, and it's then a, maybe we'll know. It's a fluid yeah. situation. It, it, indeed. And it, I mean, it's unprecedented yes. from what I'm told. Does right? the book jacket double as a mask? Yeah. In, in fact, well, it, it may. It may. I mean, you could wear it as a gator if you would like. But here's the other thing, too. There's ne- this book's never been out before. So we don't know what'll happen. We don't know what the reaction is. And so the only way to know is just to to buy it, to be on the safe side. It's a novella. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Does anybody even know what that is? I'll tell you what it is. It's an excuse for an author to write a shorter book than he wants to have to. And so we came up with that term. But... I'm not supposed to say the quiet part out loud. Anyway, uh, on uh, the program today, uh, we have our good friend Congressman Chip Roy will be joining us here at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, we're going to play Fake News or Not, strictly with popular narratives about the 2020 election. We've got 10 of them. We're going to go through each one. I've selected them, and Todd and Aaron, you guys are going to decide, is that narrative about this election, is it fake news or not, right? And then also, Pop Culture Tuesday, we're going to look at what's going on with the movie theaters are closing again around the country. Uh, Studios, Warner Brothers just made, essentially took every movie that you wanted to see in the next year and pushed it back a year or six months. 
except for Wonder Woman 1984, but I'm thinking that ain't coming out Christmas Day either now. So we're going to get into how much of this is real, how much of this is politics, virtue signaling. Regal Cinemas is the number two theater chain in the country. Uh, They went after uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo yesterday publicly for basically canceling them by not letting theaters open because they, they don't think studios will release a lot of their big budget movies if you can't go to the movies in LA and New York. And so, you know, who's canceling who? We're going to get into that with Pop Culture Tuesday, but that's a good segue into talking about Patriot Mobile as well. Because while the left is out there trying to cancel you, and then I guess if the theaters are blaming the studios and the studios are blaming the theaters and they're blaming the Democratic governor, the left's trying to cancel the left, right? Hey, maybe you can get it out of the action with America's only conservative cell phone carrier, Patriot Mobile. Cancel your leftist cell phone plan and company and go with Patriot Mobile. That shares your values. They never charge you hidden fees. And unlike Big Mobile, they don't send your hard-earned money to the organizations trying to end you, but the causes that you support at the exact same time. Plus, switching is easy. You can keep your phone number, bring your own phone, buy a new one if you'd like. And right now, you can join their family of freedom-loving Americans with a free activation plus a free gift when you use the Offer code Steve at PatriotMobile.com. A free activation plus a free gift with the offer code Steve at PatriotMobile.com. Or call them at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Get the same deal with the same offer code Steve there. Here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by... I'm back. President Trump was discharged from Walter Reed Medical Center yesterday after being hospitalized with COVID. Prior to leaving, Trump tweeted, quote, I will be leaving the great Walter Reed Medical Center today at 6.30 p.m. Feeling really good. Don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. We have developed under the Trump administration some really great drugs and knowledge. I feel better than I did 20 years ago. Almost 210,000 Americans are dead. Speaking of outrageous, uh, this outrageous tweet. Oh my goodness, Nicole. When I saw that Trump, I mean, I, I literally was overwhelmed. And now we see this tweet, which is heartless. It is uh cruel jake this is this is so disrespectful i'm not even sure i can i can speak about this it's incredibly uh, incredibly disrespectful what does that mean don't be afraid of it i mean first of all it's it's a contagious disease that kills people trump flew in marine one back to the white house stood at the top of the steps and saluted all with dramatic music playing in the background and i learned so much about coronavirus and one thing that's for certain don't let it dominate you don't be afraid of it You're going to beat it. We have the best medical equipment. We have the best medicines, all developed recently. And you're going to beat it. I went. I didn't feel so good. And two days ago, I could have left two days ago. Two days ago, I felt great, like better than I have in a long time. I said just recently, better than 20 years ago. Don't let it dominate. Don't let it take over your lives. And I know there's a risk. There's a danger. But that's okay. And now I'm better, and maybe I'm immune. I don't know. Is he legally immune? What if his Secret Service men and women who have to drive him around in these vans and get exposed to his deadly coronavirus, mm-hmm. what, what if one of them gets sick and die? Well, what if somebody at that Rose Garden event gets sick and dies? The president, in that Sunset Boulevard gesture, whipped his mask off in front of the American people on the nightly news last night. So, as a doctor whose job it is, you know, take it off. Please, don't even put it on the screen. Please take it off. 
because that's going to kill people. It's not a real show of strength, but it's a performative show of strength. This is what strong men do in, in autocratic regimes. This is a, a, a Mussolini moment. Uh, Donald Trump, who looks like he has makeup on, which means somebody had to get close enough to make up his face with his favorite orange patina. This morning, Trump tweeted, quote, flu season is coming. Many people every year, sometimes over 100,000 and despite the vaccine, die from the flu. Are we going to close down our country? No, we've learned how to live with it, just like we are learning to live with COVID. In most populations, far less lethal. Meanwhile, in New York City, Mayor Bill de Blasio is planning to shut down segments of the city once more. So the plan is to rewind in these nine zip codes, to rewind, to go back to address the problem by using the tools that we know work, which is to uh, ensure that non-essential businesses are not open. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is now doing his best Hitler impression. You know, I have to say to the Orthodox community tomorrow, uh, if you're not willing to live with these uh, rules, then I'm going to close the synagogues. You know, I'm going to say to the Orthodox community tomorrow, if you don't uh, agree, uh, then we will have to close down uh, the uh, your religious institutions. I'm going to have to say that to the uh, black ministers. That's not a comfortable conversation. Joe Biden is back to toying with a national mask mandate. Listen to the scientists. Support masks. Support a mask mandate nationwide. Joe Biden also said this at an event in Florida. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And I want to see these beautiful young ladies. I want to see them dancing when they're four years older, too. And he also said this. The reason I was able to stay sequestered in my home is because some black woman was able to stack the grocery shelf. Losing our humanity update, a surreal and incensing scene unfolded at a funeral home in England recently. For those of you listening... What we're watching is surveillance video showing a socially distanced funeral ceremony. Two sons grieving their father get up, take their chairs over to their grieving mother, and put their arms around her to comfort her. The moment they do that, a staffer of the funeral home gets up, berates the sons for doing this, and the sons move back to their original positions. And finally, the last 72 hours as a scene from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That's what happened while we were away. Aaron's montage brought to you by Keeps. Have you noticed your hair isn't looking as full as it used to? And hey, losing your hair is no fun. So let's talk about what options you have on the table. You could go to your doctor for a hair loss treatment prescription, then visit the pharmacy. Try not to go broke just to avoid going bald. Or you can try Keeps in the comfort of your own home where you're going to get the same doctor-recommended, FDA-recommended approved hair loss treatment. Plus, Keeps offers the generic versions for about half the cost. And one more thing you're going to love about Keeps is it's all online. So you just answer a few questions, snap a few pictures of your hair, and a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you that's shipped discreetly to your door. And how about a special offer on top of the savings you already get from going with Keeps? 
50% off your first order when you go to keeps.com slash grow. That's K-E-E-P-S for keeps.com slash grow. Again, that's keeps.com slash grow. I, I got to tell you guys on a personal level, I'm at, I'm, I'm at my wits end today. Okay. I've got my phone blowing up. I've <laughs> some of it is this pastor wants me to discredit this guy. This guy wants me to discredit this pastor. I've I I just <sighs> watching that montage, guys. Listen, I'm I'm just a guy named Steve, man. I'm I'm not from Krypton or I I don't know. I'm doing my best, but in the end, I'm just a guy named Steve, and right now, Steve feels pretty overwhelmed. That funeral scene and maybe I'm just on the edge of a knife. But that funeral scene just broke me. And let me tell you what broke me. It wasn't the little piss ant that got up to enforce these dumbass social distancing rules on a grieving widow. That's not what broke me. It's the fact her two sons like the pussies they are. And I don't know if I can say that, but I'm saying it anyway. Like too many of these men are. Got up while their mom was bawling and dutifully moved their chairs. And this may get me banned and I don't care. Instead, they should have turned around and whipped that guy's ass right where he stood that's what should have gone on instead maybe that's somebody car somebody's car alarm out back going off warning me steve this is the fireable road <laughs> but i i i i'm it i'm tired frankly of <laughs> trying to navigate whatever this situation is those boys shamed their father. They're pathetic pussies. And the fact they didn't turn around and introduce that guy to a knuckle sandwich for lunch. That's death of the West stuff right there. That's what that's death of the West stuff. hundred years ago, man, if we had in the middle of a Spanish flu, if, can you imagine what would have happened if you would have walked up to two sons trying to calm their grieving mother over their father's death and tried to tell them, hey, hey, separate, would not even have been contemplated, contemplated. Piss ants lived 100 years ago too, but they would have counted the cost and said, you know, I like living. I don't want my face disfigured. I'll pick my moments. This isn't one of them. Instead, just get up and move. If I'm watching that video, if I'm some jihadist somewhere, I'm like, why have we been blowing ourselves up for these people? Or I'm thinking, let's roll. These people, I mean, they'll teach their kids Arabic for us. I mean, just 
pathetic. Pathetic. So this election is one month away. And I don't apologize to anybody for the language I used. You can take all your nicer than God emails and shove them right up your sphincter hole. Because you're going to be the people. What do you call it, Todd? How many angels can dance on the head of a pin? Correct. You'll be the people doing that when they're goose stepping down your street. The election is four weeks from today. And I'm trying to contemplate where things stand. This has gotten far more confusing to me than COVID. Because I could verify which data was true and which was not. And then it just came down to, oh, this doesn't match your narrative, so you're lying to me. I don't like it, but I can, you know, this ain't my first uh, trip here around the, the track in the world of politics. I've been at this for a while, so... I've been lied to a lot. Um, and so once I know you're lying to me, then I just, then I know what the debate is about. The fact you're lying to me. I mean, like those clips you saw, all those people, any of them wearing masks. Jake Tapper puts out a ridiculous sheeple photo last night. I'm wearing my mask in the CNN break room by myself. Why aren't you wearing a mask on the CNN set yeah. surrounded by all those people? I know. Why aren't you wearing a mask then? The only accurate Mussolini comparisons are to you fools. Yeah. And there's just something about you guys, I got to tell you, you just, man, you make my forehead itch. A lot. A lot. But Monmouth, when I was on the cruise campaign, that was one of the few public, public pollsters we thought knew what they were doing. Like, I don't think they're a fraud, a scam. Like, I think ABC News and NBC News and CBS News are. But Monmouth puts out a poll today that says Joe Biden is going to win Pennsylvania by a larger margin than Barack Obama did in 2008. And I'm trying to figure out how do you go from winning the state? Yeah, you could lose it. I mean, it was an outlier that a Republican finally won Pennsylvania, but you're going to go from winning the state to losing it by more points than John McCain did? How? And, I'm, and I'm, I've been following the re registration numbers in Pennsylvania. They're soaring for Republicans. Now, if you want to say, well, they're just making up ground from how much ground they lost in 2006, since 2016, right? We've seen them lose a couple special elections there, right? Okay. I, I would totally, I think that's totally pliable. But then wouldn't the gap narrow? If you're making up ground, what does the phrase making up ground mean in the original Greek? Do you guys know what it means? Making up ground. Making up ground. So I make up ground, but my the deficit grows. Does, is, is that what making up ground means? I, I, I make up ground while getting further behind. Is that, is that how things work? What's a gender, Steve? I, can, I know two guys in the UK that don't know. I know that. So all through this cycle, it's only been recently I've looked at data. For the, most of this, for the majority of this cycle, I've been looking at environment. That was true going back in the Democratic primary. I'm looking at the environment. 
mean, the polls were showing Joe Biden was going to Joe, Joe Biden was going to finish six points better than he actually did in the Iowa caucuses, for example. So even back in January and February, I was talking about I'm going to go by what I see with the environment more than anything else. And this just didn't strike me from what I was seeing with Democrats on the ground in Iowa, a Joe Biden environment. It turned out not to be. There's two reasons why right now I would urge all of you to look at environment more than data as well. Let's start with the first one. I don't trust the public data systemically because they're coming from systemically biased or nefarious sources. You know, we have pointed out in the last few weeks some of the ridiculous specifics within their methodologies uh, that you know Trump was going to lose 11 points of, not 11 points of turnout, 11 points of evangelicals we're not going to vote for him. That we would have the lowest evangelical turnout since we started keeping the stat 20 years ago. Um, that Trump was going to get historic levels of black and Hispanic uh, uh, voters, but then for a Republican, but then still lose. That um, Joe Biden was going to get uh, the kind of popular vote total. That's what they're saying now. That he is going to rival what FDR was getting during, during World War II, what LBJ got in, in 1964. Those are the two most dominant Democrat presidential performances since Andrew Jackson. Before there was a Republican Party by like 40 years. Okay? <clears throat> that um, 10% of the voters, remember that last Fox poll, independents are going to be 10% of the electorate when they're like 40% in surveys right now, right? We pointed out all these specifics in the last couple of weeks, okay? Yeah. So, you know, a tree by its fruit, our media industrial complex is rotten to the core, rotten to the core, rotten, rotten to the core. So a bad tree produces bad fruit. So I'm just dismissing it all whole cloth. I don't believe any of them. I just think they lie all the time. Then you have to look, though, at the two most accurate polls in 2016. Rasmussen and Investors Business Daily were the two most accurate polls. Now, I went and looked at what their reaction to Tuesday's debate was, and I'm, I, I just, I don't believe the debate was good for Trump. I don't. Because, again, I, just, I, I watched it. And it wasn't good. <laughs> all right? So... Rasmussen has a daily tracking poll. They've taken over what Gallup used to do. Remember when we were kids, the Gallup daily tracking poll. Rasmussen does this now. The day after the debate, they, had, they went from a, basically a tie to Biden plus eight. However, Investors Business Daily later that week came out with the first rolling average, meaning we did this over three nights, okay, or four nights or two nights, however long it is, came out with the first rolling average poll done exclusively after the debate. So they only polled people starting on Wednesday. <clears throat> and it had, it had the race a statistical tie. Three point, Biden plus three within their margin for error. <clears throat> How do you reconcile such polar opposites from two, the two most accurate polls in the last election? And, and one of the guys that was running last time is running this time. So they clearly have a leg up on identifying what his turnout is, right? They have a track record. How do you reconcile those? I can't. I don't know how. From a data standpoint, I can't reconcile them. So I'm going to look at environment instead because I think where we're at right now is both of these sides are so balkanized and energized and I'm not even invested in the Trump at the level the vast majority of you watching and listening are right now. I'm invested in me. 
and my family. And I think him winning is what's best for them. But like, I feel like no personal drive to defend him. Uh, we, we, we don't chase media. We're still not chasing media rabbit trails on this show. We don't do a lot of the same content that a lot of other conservative shows do. I promise you, based on how I see Steve right now, if he could tell you based on the data that Trump is going to get destroyed, no matter what you thought about it, he would. Yeah, he would tell I, you right now. I would tell you hesitation. right now, that's coming down the pike. Don't waste any of your credibility on this. You know what I'm saying? Don't be just don't 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 blow your blow your load of, of credibility, political capital on this is done. You know, save yourself and live to fight another day. I, I would do that. I've done that. That's why people don't like me. <laughs> well, and I've given legitimate reasons. So this isn't wish casting. No, even remotely. No, I so don't I... understand this. And the only way that I can make sense of it. Because we're never going back. There's some of you watching believe that if he just goes away, we're going to go back to some Pleasant Valley Sunday when we all got along. We're never going back there. Too many of you watching have seen things like what Aaron has in that montage. You can't unsee that. You can't. And you're not going to breathe a sigh of relief. You think people are going to breathe. You think your friends that have lost their minds over Trump are going to breathe a sigh of relief and come back when he's gone. The opposite is going to be true. They're going to see this as a coup, which it was. They're going to see this as an attempt to destabilize his presidency from the beginning, which is what which it was. Doesn't mean he didn't make mistakes. I think I just told you I thought he made a mistake last Tuesday by doing a, an impersonation of Alec Baldwin impersonating him on SNL. That's essentially what he did for 90 minutes. And everybody that's going to vote for him 75 times loved every minute of it and everybody else hated it. We're well, going to need some of those everybody else's to win. You are. And they like the Donald Trump they saw in that video Saturday a lot more than they saw. Unfortunately, 25 million people are going to watch have watched that video and a lot of them are people already voting for him. 85 million people that are that a lot of them aren't voting for him or what watched whatever that was last week that they don't like. So we're never putting that genie back in the bottle. The, there's a fault line. In fact, this isn't an electorate. It's a fault line. See, I think people that are trying to do this legitimately, they're having a hard time determining who's going to actually turn out and vote that day because this thing is so balkanized, so polarized that it's it's a it's a fault line. And it only takes a little two to four points of whoever's narrative is on offense has the tension on the fault line that causes the earthquake. This is why I think environment is the key. And I think whoever's narrative is on the offensive in the final 24, 48 hours before the election is going to win. This just happened four years ago. James Comey's letter changed the narrative of this election in the final week. It was one last reminder, you know Hillary Clinton is corrupt, right? Oh yeah, I forgot. And she lost. Trump does not win without that letter. I think if we had voted a week ago, with after RBG's passing and the focus on that seat and the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett, I think the two to four point fault line would have gone, the tension would have gone the GOP's way, Trump's way. I think if we had voted on Friday, or Saturday before the video came out, I think it would have gone heavily the other way. And I'm not even counting the mail-in voter fraud that's just going to go on in broad daylight with apparently no accountability whatsoever. 
how people are going to react to Trump going Winston Churchill coming out of the hospital. I don't know. I love it. I think, but I wonder if he, sh- you know, is it too late now? Should he have done this three, four, five months ago? I don't know the answer to that. We'll wait and see. I don't know. I think the electorate is so volatile because the country is a powder keg of irreconcilable beliefs and worldviews. And I think when people are driven by negative impulses, they tend to, humans tend to behave more, un, more unstable than when they're, when they're motivated by positive reinforcement. And so I think literally in the social media society we're in, we're just reacting to things all the time, hashtags, my Facebook, uh, my Facebook friend, et cetera. Whatever, whoever's narrative is trending on offense in the final day or two before the election, I think is going to win on November 3rd. Now, I think there's a third factor that plays into this. I'm out of time. I don't have time to get to that. So we're going to do it in the overtime today. BlazeTV.com slash Dace. If you're a Blaze TV subscriber, that's where you can go later today. We record the overtime after the Daily Show, and you can watch it on demand at BlazeTV.com slash Dace. That's also where you can go to get a discounted subscription. If you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, using BlazeTV.com slash dace get ten dollars off your annual subscription to blaze tv at blaze tv.com slash dace so you can watch the other factor at play as well i know we've only got 40 seconds here you guys want to chime in with anything here very quickly well uh, just looking at the betting markets as well i mean it's about akin to the georgia tech louisville game this this friday night it's almost exact same odds meaning it's a one possession game less than a one possession game right now it could go Either way, and I think that speaks to what you're saying. Whoever has momentum at the end of the game is probably going to come out on top. Uh, so far on Twitter, people are fans of uh, your rant. So I think you're in the clear. We'll see what if management was fans. <laughs> So what does COVID-19 have to do with losing your home? Well, it turns out that it could be a lot. The FBI reported that since the virus struck, because we were all locked down, we did all kinds of things online even more and in bigger volume than we have in the past. Cybercrime has skyrocketed accordingly, up to 75%. And it gets worse. The legal titles to our homes are all kept online as well. And thieves know this. And that's why they came up with home title theft, because they can go on there, forge your signature on a quick claim deed, refile as the new owner of your home, and you're off your title. And before you know it, they're taking out loans against your home. They're liquidating your equity, sticking you with the payments. Maybe you don't even find out until the foreclosure notice arrives. Thankfully, Home Title Lock will protect your home's legal title, and they will put a virtual barrier to make sure your safe haven is protected. The instant they detect any tampering at all, they will mobilize to shut it down. But first things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim at HomeTitleLock.com and use the promo code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. Again, that's the promo code RADIO at HomeTitleLock.com for 30 free days of protection. I'm going to call an audible here and punt on Pop Culture Tuesday. All right, because there's something else about this election I want to discuss in a second. And then I want to before I do that, I want to share this. Um, our old uh, friend, co-worker, peer here uh, and, and just overall good dude. Dan Bongino is going in for surgery on that mass on his neck tomorrow. 
And uh, I know that, I mean, Dan has an audience that dwarfs ours. Okay. Um, So he's got a substantial amount of people, but let me just chime in and say, good dude. Uh, Say a prayer for him and his family if you have time. Um, He's got a brand new book, actually, that's coming out today. Um, And Dan didn't ask me to do this. I'm just going to do it unsolicited. It's called Follow the Money, the Shocking Deep State Connections of the Anti-Trump Cabal. It's out today is Dan's new book. And um, he's done incredible work on this story. And I admit, at first, I was like, I don't know. Maybe we got to give the process of, a, a, you know, a fair shake. Nope. It was a scam from the very beginning and he was on it. And so therefore in a smaller way, I've done this with COVID, but I mean, Dan went out there on a limb against almost all conventional wisdom and was right. And it paid off for him in a big way. And so he deserves all the success that he has had in the last couple of years. So say a prayer for Dan and consider getting his new book that is out today. I want to go back to, I'm struggling with making sense of what's going on. I'm not a person that needs a lot of affirmation or people to agree with me. If I think I'm right, or I know that I am, I have no problem holding out against all y'all. I don't. What you said a few minutes ago is exactly correct. I mean, I I sat here four years ago and said, I don't think Trump is going to win. And I think a lot of people are going to go out there and ruin their witness and their credibility for a lost cause. Did I not do that show a million times? Yeah. Yeah. So I've got history that shows I'm willing to tell you what you don't want to hear if I think that I'm right. Even when I turned out to be wrong. <laughs> and he won. Okay. Um, I don't require, I, I, I don't mind them. I, I appreciate the support. I do. And we've gotten a ton this year with the work we've done on the virus and other things. And I'm very, very grateful for it. I try to respond to as many of you as possible. So don't don't take this to mean, no, please don't compliment me. I won't get in the way, but I'm just not driven. I'm appreciative of it, but I'm not driven by it. Is that a good distinction you yeah. think? Yeah. I mean, can you guys recall a time on or off the air we've ever had a conversation of um, what should we say to police people? I can't think of a time have we had that conversation. We would have done what those two men in England should have done to each other. <laughs> no, that's that's the right answer. Thank you. Now, we've had plenty of, of conversations about this is what we really think. Is there a way we can communicate this so we just don't lose everybody on day, the, 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 right after we say it, right? We've had plenty of those kinds of conversations about how to effectively say what we think that people may not want to hear. But we have never had a conversation about how to say what you want us to say. I, I did a symposium once with several other, when I was still doing terrestrial talk radio, with several other big names in conservative talk radio, names you would know. And one of them said that he thought his goal was to give the audience what it wants. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm into giving the audience what I think is true. Now, he's also had a lot more success than me, so maybe that's a good business model. I don't know. All right. But it's just not how I roll. 
it's not what I got into this for. So I got into this to seek out the truth, share it with as many people as I can. And if, if we can grow an audience doing that, great. If we can't, I gave it my best shot and I'll walk away. No, reg- no regrets. Maybe I'll get that one regrets tattoo on the chest. No regrets. No one, I gave it my best shot and I'm okay with it. And I'll go find something else to do with the rest of my time. All right. But where I do struggle is if I can't figure out why things are the way they are. Meaning, I, I'm not God. I know I'm not in control of events. But, but, you know, I've talked about this before. One of the things that drew me to Christianity was the mix of faith and reason. That there were evidences. What's, what's a bigger evidence than, hey, that, we killed that dude, and then he walked out of this uh, tomb in a couple days later. Did that happen or not? That's an evidence-based, that's not a creedal-based religion, guys. That's an evidence-based one. Did he walk out of the tomb or not? What's the evidence show? If he did, then you start thinking about the creeds and all the other stuff that goes along with that conclusion. If he didn't, move on with your life and have a good time, right? That's, that drew me in, aside from the Holy Spirit. But humanly, that's what I connect with. That evidence is, is encouraged. Evidence finding is encouraged. There aren't Islamic apologists doing archaeological digs in Mecca to, to reverse, to, to, to prove the efficacy of the Quran. To challenge the efficacy of the Quran is an affront within, that, within the religion itself. See the difference? Instead, God comes forward and says, Dude, call my bluff. I, let the lion out of its cage. I don't care. I'm God. I got nothing to hide. I'm undefeated. Bring your best. I think I can manage. Or your worst, for that matter. I think I got this. And so where, where I'm struggling with this election is it doesn't make sense. Now, neither did COVID, but I understood why it didn't make sense. On one hand, you have a worldview called progressivism that believes in scientism. It's a con- that science conjures truth. Science is, is, is salvationary. So there's a worldview there, right? Yes. And then on the other hand, there's just a vested political bias. Oh, I, dude, it's in my vested interest. If we just stay locked down and have 40 million people unemployed, it's easier for me to win the election that way. Okay. I, I, I know my enemy. That makes sense to me. I got into this for these kinds of arguments. I'm struggling here because I don't think Monmouth is in on the sellout like ABC and CBS and NBC News are. But yet Monmouth wants me to believe today that Donald Trump is going to win Ohio a neighboring state and then with similar demographics and then turn around and, and lose Pennsylvania, which Republicans have done a million times, been winning Ohio and losing Pennsylvania my whole life, basically. But, but he's going to win Ohio, but then lose Pennsylvania as state he just won, but he's going to lose it worse than John McCain did. I, I, I can't reconcile that. I just don't believe that's true. Do I believe he could win Ohio and lose Pennsylvania? Yeah. Do I believe he could lose them both? Yeah. Do I think he could win them both? Yeah. Is he going to win one, though, and then lose the other by a dozen points? No. 
Not unless we're just printing postage stamps out the back in Harrisburg. Not happening. It can't. It's like it. And when I say it not happening, it's not like a prediction. It's like the math doesn't work. That's what when I when I tell you it can't happen, it means that pi isn't 3.12. It's 3.14. That's what I mean. That's not my Steve's assumptions. Like it can't happen any more than I could grow wings and fly away when the wasp return. It can't occur. Can't happen. And so I'm struggling trying to reconcile this holistic lack. Okay, I know that's a corrupt media regime. I get that. And by the way, I still think if the election were today, Biden would win. But just this whole, nothing about this makes any sense to me. If I could encapsulate for you the, the holistic narrative, the systemic narrative of all the public polling out there, here's what it says. In one statement, it says that Joe Biden is a stronger candidate at this stage of the race than Barack Obama was in 2008, and that Donald Trump is a weaker incumbent at this stage of the race than George H.W. Bush was in 1992. That's what it says. Does that seem right to you? Does that seem right to you? That seems impossible to me. Aaron, does that seem right to you? No. I'll even grant you, because again, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, mercy triumphs over judgment. Unless you're that dude who rolls up on me while I'm trying to comfort my mom at a funeral, and then the judgment is mercy. I'm going to whoop your ass, because it's for your own good. You'll thank me later. You'll thank me later that I whooped your ass because it would have been some other dude that won't quit once he breaks your nose. I will. I'll let up. I'll stop. I made my point. Some other dude would have done it. He'd have just kept going until you were unrecognizable. I'm doing it for your own good. So I guess even in that case, mercy triumphs over judgment, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But I'll even grant you that because of Trump's position there's a there's a symbiotic relationship between Biden and Trump. People see them as one or the other, right? Okay? And so therefore, if Trump is weakened, it strengthens Biden. I'll even grant you that. I will even grant you the point that Joe Biden could be as strong of a candidate at this rate. I don't believe that's possible, but I'm I'm going I'm doing everything I can to try to make sense of this. I will grant you the point because of Trump's weakened position. That Biden may be as strong as Obama was in 08. But I, I, you can't, but it's not possible to say Donald Trump is as weak of an incumbent as George H.W. Bush was in 1992. First of all, he's more popular, far more popular with his own party. George H.W. Bush faced a primary in 1992, lost the first state, New Hampshire to Pat Buchanan, first primary state. Aren't we the ones on this show often complaining that, man, it's like we can't hold Trump accountable in any. It's almost like cult-like, like the, the, the allegiance Republican. Haven't we done that show a million times? Yes. There is no dissension against Trump within the Republican Party at all, like none. Like even it would like benefit him and like move him on issues. Isn't that what, how many Daniel Horowitz appearances have we done the last four years? You know, if we pressure Trump, we can move him. Why don't we do that? Right? How many, how many of those shows have we done with him? So you're going to tell me that he is weaker with his own party than H.W. Bush was when he faced a credible primary challenger with high name ID because he was a national media figure, Pat Buchanan. Does that make any sense to you? No. Then there was a third figure in that race. Remember him? Ross Perot. 
Highest percent of the vote for a third party candidate in modern times, 19%. So he faces a third party candidate in the general who's largely siphoning off his supporters. And he faced a staunch and effective primary challenger in his own party in that cycle. George H.W. Bush did. And this came off of him violating his no new taxes pledge, which led to insurgency. Vin Weber, Newt Gingrich, Trent Lott led an insurgency against Bob Michael and the Republican leadership on Capitol Hill, split the party in half. Trump hasn't done anything like that. He can't possibly be as weak of an incumbent as George H.W. Bush was in 1992. He cannot be. So therefore, let me go back to the first point that I granted. If he can't possibly be as weak of an incumbent as George H.W. Bush was in 1992, then it is not possible for Joe Biden to be a stronger candidate at this stage than Barack Obama was in 2008. It can't be true. And, and I'm, I, I, I just can't quantify it for you with anything other than data in history. And I keep thinking, am I miss? Am I missing something? Well, I just popped into my head. I'm just asking. I don't think you're missing it, but the whole, it's the Re Reagan Democrats in reverse, Biden Republicans, uh, Bill Crystal, David French. Do they think that's actual like a contagion in the evangelicals of large? I know, I know, uh, Bill Crystal is an evangelical, but largely the evangelicals are becoming like Catholics and just a split vote. No, because he, we already had that faction. Four years ago, it was it was larger than it is now. How many people do you know that voted for Trump last time that aren't going to do so this time? Zero. And but, you may know a few in, in Catholicism. You may know a few. Do you? Do you? I don't. It's not like some epidemic. I, I you're not with. How many people do you know that didn't vote for Trump last time that are voting for him this time? Several. Well, a lot. A lot. And I bet you, if we did that survey all over the country, it'd be the same. Now, that's anecdotal, but that goes to the answer to your question. Yeah. I don't think that's enough to sway an election, but it shows, no, he's not weaker with that base than he was in 2016 because he already lost all those people, didn't get to vote for them, or he didn't get their votes last time. He's going to get most of them this time. So, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I really am okay. Well, I shouldn't say okay. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm not okay when the answer isn't what I want it to be. I'm content. There's a difference. Okay? I trust in the sovereignty of God. So if the answer is not what I want it to be, I'm content. I just need to know, though, how, how are we getting this answer? Because it doesn't make any sense. And this is coming from a guy that has studied this stuff personally and professionally more than the vast majority of other people in my industry have that's been paid to do it by campaigns to do it presidential campaigns and i think i've proven i'll tell you what i think is true even if you don't like it i think i've proven that right oh yes this doesn't make sense to me and i'm struggling to even quantify why because it's just so haphazard fake news or not is next
right, back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV radio podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can let us know what you think about what we think. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show over on Parlor at Steve Dace. Check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Steve Dace. And if you're a podcast listener, thank you. Please, though, uh, show your gratitude for the show by hitting that subscribe button on whichever podcast platform you prefer, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbay, etc. Leave us a five-star review there as well, because the more of those we get, the more those help the show to grow. We thank all of you that have hit the subscribe button for us, left us a five-star review. Thanks to all of you. Very, very much. Coming up here at the bottom of the hour, uh, my good buddy, Congressman Chip Roy, is going to join us. He's in the final days of his race up against abortion Barbie, Wendy Davis. But before we get to that, let's get to fake news or not, brought to you by realestateagentsitrust.com. So you want to get into the market. I mean, a lot of people would be too nervous to do it, but this also may be the kinds of times you find some great deals and make some good money. Right. If you can keep your head about you, your wits about you, while everybody else is panicking in these unprecedented times, check the box. Um, so where, though, would you find an agent that will uh, be a cool hand Luke for you as well, that will go all in if you're going in? Well, the name kind of says it all. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com, because what you're going to find there. Uh, maybe if you want to move to some remote outpost, but just about anywhere in America, we can find you an agent with a proven and vetted track record of success. They know there's more to a marketing plan than an open house. They know that they work for you. You're not there for them, etc. Here's where you want to go. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. So for fake news or not this week, I have come up with a list of 10 narratives that are kind of cultural or conventional wisdom or they are prevailing wisdom or they've at least been asserted by somebody, um, uh, you know, offering themselves as wise about this election. And Todd and Aaron, you, and I, you, are, you two are going to decide, is that narrative fake news or not? You ready to go? Let's go. All right. Number one on the list. Let's just go there right away. The polls are wrong, like they were in 2016. Fake news or not, Todd? Uh, that is uh, fake news because uh, I sit at this desk and have now uh, for six years, and it's been an education on how these things work at a you know drill down all the way to the bottom. We level. don't go granular; we go subatomic. Yeah, yeah. As as the uh, late great Jonathan Narciss, a forensic audit. Yes. I used to love that line he used to use. Yes. Uh, but it's listen. I, they 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 were uh, they were right in uh, 2016, uh, and you just heard what we've talked about uh, for the last hour. What, you know, we'll look back at those. We'll do the same exact kind of thing. I, I can only just no matter what happens. It's going to be bad after this election. So I promise you, Steve is going to find solace in just finally having some numbers and afterwards and data mining it. We'll know what happened. We'll know. But it's 26. The, the, the only thing you need to care about is not this election, but 2016. And 2016 was not wrong. 
I'm going fake news for largely the same reasons that that Todd just pointed out, that the polls were, in terms of the the final result, the polls were were not wrong. Looking at these polls, though, this year, for all the reasons that we've actually delved into, yeah, they they might be, that the final result might be right. How they're getting there, there's, there's no way, there's no way that they can do that. And just looking at how brazen and how radicalized it seems like a lot of the smart set or establishment of the left has become over the last four years or so, how much Trump has lived rent-free inside of their brains for so long, we don't know. Just in, And you talk about the granular level. How many of these pollsters have people like Reality Winner? working for them mm-hmm. okay the she was the nsa uh basically just like an early 20 something nsa worker who leaked classified info to the press how many of those are working for these public pollsters and guys this is the the reason why this was my big question yesterday during the town hall what really is the purpose of public polling what is its real purpose And right now, I I don't know the answer to that question. We'll find out. We'll find out um, come election day. If they're right, the purpose you still have to believe is to find and and to take the temperature of of the country. If they are wrong, then they're going to be wrong big time. And then that opens up a Pandora's box of things that we'll need to contemplate at that time. When we talk about the polls were right in 2016, we were talking about, just to clarify once more, the real clear politics polling average of the national outcome yes. turned out to be correct. All right. We have also pointed out several battleground state polls, though, were way off, like in your home state of Wisconsin, uh, North Carolina was another one where they were off, um, et cetera. So, the main point of this, they weren't thumb on the scales yeah. wrong then. It, it, well, here's the thing, though. To be fair, they might have been. I just... Because of their track record of success, I didn't take it upon myself to engage their internal mechanisms. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the yeah. way that I did this year. Maybe we would have found some of these intricacies four years ago. I don't know. Okay? Like like in your home state, the, the polling in Wisconsin was the worst I've ever seen in any state in any presidential election. Where the whole RCP average was off by like over six points. That's insane. When you look at the amount of polls done in a Mm -hmm. state like yours to be that bad. So probably would be fun to go back and look at some of those Wisconsin polls and see what what do they keep missing over and over and over again? Um, But that's data analysis in a nutshell. Outliers, uh, margins of error you're describing, and you you saw nothing at the end that said this doesn't smell right. No, I mean, because I could explain Wisconsin by the fact that a poll couldn't forecast that 20,000 black voters who voted for Obama twice in Milwaukee County didn't bother to show up and vote in 2016. And they were about like 91% of Trump's margin of victory in your former home state, right? Mm-hmm. Where those lost votes. So there you go. All right, number two. The polls can't be wrong because they're all pointing in the same direction. Aaron, you go first this time. Fake news or not? I'm going to go fake news with this, and uh, this this is where you have to be discriminatory a little bit. When, uh, and I mean that in the actual classical definition of the word discriminatory, that used to be actually a good thing. But uh, you have to have a little bit of skills of discrimination. 
when we were talking about the antibody studies, the first ones and the, 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 the subsequent antibody studies for COVID-19, the, one of the main uh, one of the main uh, stipulations that we made is whether it's they're off by 10 or 50 uh, 50 times um, they're all pointing in the same direction meaning that it's more widespread and less lethal and that is I believe true of of that but when we're talking about polls in this instance right now say you're a business owner and I'm talking this out and I'm thinking this through, so so bear with me uh, live on air here. Say you're a business owner and your your business is losing money, um, but it's only on days where a certain employee is working. Now, it could just be that you're losing money. It could just be that on those days you just happen to be losing money. But if you dig di- a little bit deeper, you'll find that, hey, it's only on these days that this certain employee is, <laughs> is is working that I'm losing money. You start to say something like, hmm, I think the same thing is applies to these polls. It's not that they necessarily are all wrong, but it's just the ways in which they are wrong. It's not that the business owner is losing money. It's that they're losing money in a certain way when this certain employee is working if you catch my drift mm-hmm. here so it, it's it, they they could all be right here at the end of the day they could be tripping into this but as we pointed out before all of these internal metrics that they're uh releasing they just don't add up it just doesn't add up and so when you're when you're missing or when you're hitting but it's all in the same way where you have all of these different outliers I, I just don't think I don't think that that's really possible. Todd, that, it's fake news. That's all uh, correct. But as I've said before, remember we are a culture that believes in transgenderism. We're back at the original lie. We are back at worshiping a cult around original sin. We've gone all the way back to the beginning. Therefore, of course, this lie is possible. When we're that confused, that depraved, of course, not only is this possible, it becomes likely. Number three, Trump will get a higher than normal percentage of the black vote by a Republican, Todd, which is only only once, I believe, since 1960 has a Republican done better than 12 percent. I this is I absolutely agree that this is going to happen. So you think he'll do better than 12 percent? I do. Okay, Aaron, Uh, it's I, I it's not fake news. Uh, at least to, to my that's my opinion of course it's not fake news i i think when you look at the job and wage growth prior to the pandemic uh, i'm not sure i'm not sure how that i'm not really sure how that um doesn't at least translate into some bump in support and then you have anecdotal um you have anecdotal observations as well what kanye west is doing and uh we don't know how criminal justice deform actually will play into all of this as well but you got to think that that translates into some some sort of bump okay number four trump will get a higher than normal percentage of the hispanic vote by a republican since we started keeping this stat i think back in 1980 the average for republican is about 28 percent the high watermark uh george w bush got 40 percent in 2000 that's the high watermark for the hispanic vote 
I also think this is not fake news. And as confident as I am of the black vote, I'm even more confident of this. And listen, you, you just need to be honest. There are racial perceptions within these racial subcultures of one another. And there was just today, there was a video of two Black Lives uh, yeah, Matter women. Yeah, on a Hispanic family's yeah. birthday party. Yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, th that was there before Black Lives Matter, and now they're watching this. I, I just don't believe for a second that we're not going to see a significant uptick. In the, it, it, watching cities being burned down like this, there's no way there's not going to be an uptick. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I don't think it is. I don't think it is fake news. Uh, I, I, am less confident. I'm actually less confident in this one than I am, uh, than I am, uh, the, the, the larger black vote. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why, but I'm not sure what Trump has necessarily done targeting that community specifically mm -hmm. uh, of, of rapport or of note, but uh, I, I still think it's not fake news. I would agree with Todd. I'm, I'm more optimistic on this one than the only because I have been burned by, uh, you know, black votes, the black vote in the Republican Party so many times. But I'm watching the behavior of the Biden campaign over the last couple of weeks, and they clearly think there's an issue here with the way that they are communicating and the way that they are behaving. And you have to keep in mind that. A lot of Hispanic people are first or second generation Americans, meaning they came here for a country that they believe is better than what the message being taught to black America through groups like Black Lives Matter or the National Basketball Association is communicating. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So there's a, from, a, from a belief system, they're already at odds. They don't view themselves as historically oppressed people that have been mired here for centuries. They came here to escape that because it was going on where they lived. All right. And so they view this as the land of opportunity, not of oppression. They see this as a different O word. And the messaging of BLM and what's going on in the NBA and in a lot of the sports world is just completely counter to why they're willing to risk life and limb to come here illegally and break the law if they have to and hide out because it's just dramatically better than where they came from. It's just a different narrative. So that is something to keep in mind. Number five, Trump is losing independence badly. This has shown up in every one of these national public polls. Bad, badly. Like double digits or 20 points, as one poll said. Uh, you know, made me think one more thing. One reason why the 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 border issue, when it was fully ramped up to, there's no way that wasn't going to impact that vote. Mm -hmm. But we're not talking about that. I mean, we, no, we're not. We, but keep this in mind, too. That was our big fear in 2016. And we had seen these. We, we were told there was this massive surge of new Hispanic voters in the early voting for Democrats all over the country, right? There was only one state we saw that, and that was in Nevada. Overall, in 2016, um, even though there's more Hispanics in the country than there were in 2012, they were a smaller percentage of the electorate, meaning that they weren't they didn't successfully mobilize them on a fear that Trump was going to deport all of you and all of that kind of stuff. Trump actually overperformed, outperformed Romney with Hispanic voters in 2016. So... There's, to me, there's more of a mustard seed for this flowering in this election 
than the other one. But For this one, I need a little context. Remind me of the, how independents were Trump-Hillary. Uh, Trump won them by five points in 2016. Uh, we've actually had two candidates win in the last, uh, what, th- 30 years since we've been tracking this stat. We have have won without winning independence. Uh, George uh, W. Bush did it twice. Uh, he lost them very narrowly to Al Gore in 2000. And then he lost them, or no, I'm sorry, George W. Bush lost independence in 2004, and then Romney, I was confusing them with the Catholic vote. George W. Bush lost uh, independence to John Kerry in 2004 by a few points. And then Mitt Romney won independence by five points over Barack Obama in 2012 and still lost. So he won by five. Uh, this one has is the one so far that is most likely to be true. I mean, he in a narrow election, he doesn't need to be fall back very far within this group to have it impact him. But I'm trying to determine what I think badly is. I mean, I mean, could it be? It badly would be break even, right? I mean, a drop of five points is. I would that's, think that's game over, yeah, right? I would, I would, I would think he could not win without winning them. I would say. Okay. I, I I mean, it would take. I, he Biden would have to have Hillary level turnout. Trump would have to have meaning that he leaves yeah. a, a point or two of his own base at home, and and Trump would have to overperform his base turnout in 2016. I would think to win without independence. I still think this is fake news, but it makes me pause and think a little harder on it. Okay, I would say it is it is fake news. I'm just looking at some info from. Pew of 2018, you know, independence, there was, you know, that was, that was largely, that, that was largely uh, an environment for Democrats where they were going to do well, but independence, they actually did win independence, uh, or at least that's what that Pew says, uh, by about four points nationally, or at least that was the, that was the temperature in the room at the time. So it's not out of the realm of possibility, but uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be I'm not sure if it's going to be as as bad as what some of these polls are going to be, but I'm still going to say that's so I'm still going to say it's fake news. All right, Aaron, back to you for this next one. Number number six, a majority of voters don't care about Biden's mental state. Uh, I'm going to say uh, fake news for that. Um, They care about his mental state, but not but I think some of them not enough to not enough to put them over the edge of uh, voting, uh, you know, not voting for Trump or to have it affect their vote in any in any meaningful way. So I think people are cognizant of it. It's just um, I, I think if you if you if you care about Joe Biden's mental state, but you're still going to vote for him, it's because you just hate Trump that much. So I, I really I really think that this is fake news. I, I do okay. think a lot of people care. Todd, I think it's true news just because it it should be like an automatic disqualifier, and it's not. Yeah, that's a good point. Meaning you shouldn't have gotten this far is what you're oh, trying to say. Not even close. We all yeah. agreed. Yeah. Um, number seven. Given the age and health of the two nominees, this will be the most important vice presidential debate ever. Todd, uh, I'll. I'll buy it. That's true news. Okay. It certainly has the ability to be that consequential. Okay. It also has the ability to be a total Whatever nothing the vice burger. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Or not, or debate is, yeah. Aaron? 
I think it's fake news because if Pence does really well and just wipes the floor with Harris, it's going to be memory hold two days later. Well, you know, Pence will beat the... I'm sorry. Uh, no. <laughs> Number eight, uh, this will finally be the election. Young adults turn out en masse and are decisive. So we have heard this. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard this canard over and over and over again. Okay. It was going to happen in 2008 with Facebook and social media, and it didn't. Barack Obama got largely the same youth turnout everybody else gets and just dominated so many other demographics. It didn't matter. All right. But we've been hearing this really since the counterculture. And they got their way in 1972. They got the, the nominee they wanted, and then he went out there and <clears throat> got completely annihilated by Richard Nixon in one of the worst routes of all time. But, Aaron, now there's talk. Hey, we've got mail-in voting now, and so it's going to be simpler than ever for your Marxist, communist, socialist generation to vote en masse and, and sway this thing towards the uh, 75-year-old Joe Biden. What do you think? Because remember, we had this in a lot of these Democratic primaries. And even in the states that Bernie Sanders was winning, he was underperforming his polling numbers. So keep that in mind, too. Aaron, your generation, you go first. Fake news. I, I, primarily one, you, you got to show me. As you just pointed out, this has been a canard for many, many years. Until it actually happens, <clears throat> I'm, going to keep, I'm going to keep doubting this. Two, with the mail-in voting thing, with millennials and Gen Zers, when was the last time they went to the post office and mailed something? Do they even know how postage stamps works? <laughs> and I'm I'm joking, but you know yeah. what I mean. You know, yeah. Dude, when was the last time you went to the post office and mailed something? Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Like I don't even put anything in my mailbox in front of this my is yard. Fake news. Actually, if this is true though, it's going to be decisive in favor of Trump. It's not going to be decisive the other way. There'll be some new young voter in that direction. But it's not going to be the other way. I got to ask you this. You ignore it if you want to. But it, based on everything we talked with polling, it's just reported Trump campaign canceling ads in Ohio and Iowa. What does that tell you? Based they on think it? they're going to win. That's what I thought. Yeah, that they think that they are trending in that in those places well enough yeah. that they can. Um, they've got Agreed. a red alert in Arizona and some of these other Which, places. So they're trying to divert their f- resources. So it there. just adds fuel to the fire of what the hell do you I mean, guys think you're seeing? No in Republicans place? ever won the White House that Ohio. Yeah. Okay. I mean. Uh, they wouldn't be doing that if they didn't think yeah. they were going to win. Yeah. That doesn't mean, by the way, they couldn't get polling numbers in a week or two and of say, course. okay, we got to go back in. Of course. But yeah. it shows you right now that they have other places that they're prioritizing more, is what that believes, what that tells me. If they were, if you told me they were canceling in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, that's when you get concerned. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, four, like remember, remember eight years ago, you guys weren't here. Eight years ago when Mitt Romney was expanding the map, buying ads down the stretch in Minnesota and all these places, and I told my audience, it's the opposite, guys. That tells you right now that there's, we call this in sports betting, Aaron spraying the board. Mm-hmm. All right. You're just kind of <laughs> looking for, it's like cold calling. I'm just, I'm making it up in volume. If I ask enough chicks out, one's going to say yes sooner or later. Right. That's kind of what they were doing at the end. Yeah. Um, number seven or number eight. No, nine. nine I think. My yeah. bad. We get, went further along. All right. Mail in voting will be the decisive factor. Todd, um, uh, this is <laughs> true news because of my level of concern for it. I I don't see any way that we this is not cause for us not knowing what happened 
as soon as we need to and for causing all manner of interference for people that are going to do what they want to do anyways to say, you know, usurpation. Please, I, I I would love to be wrong on this, but I've got to say that it's true news. I'm going to comment on that, but I want to get, I, want to, I don't want to poison Aaron's answer. So I'm going to let him go first. Go ahead. Uh, I think this is not fake news. However, it cuts both ways. It cuts both ways. Say somebody uh, decides, a millennial, a bunch of millennials, gender, oh crap, the election is tomorrow. I need to mail in my ballot. Is that going to get counted? Are they going to show up the next day and vote in person? Those types of things as well. If, if it's a matter of a bunch of Democrats, and that's who we're talking about here, a bunch of Democrats, uh, crap, I forgot to send in my mail-in ballot. Doing something like that, or enough of them to where it's really, really hard for them to just start finding ballots uh, on the side of the road and start counting those on election night as well, and you know subsequent days, then uh, I think it could be a deciding factor. Deciding factor as to whether or not Joe Biden wins by a landslide, a de- deciding factor in whether or not uh, Donald Trump wins by a landslide, or a deciding factor in whether or not there's even enough to keep counting and, and finding, quote-unquote, votes. This is what I'm the most worried about. And I'm, and I'm not talking worried about the outcome of this election. I'm worried about what it portends going forward as a country. Christians don't start civil wars. We'll fight them if you bring it to our doorstep, but we're not in insurgency. That's often been what we have been slandered with to justify persecution. Because even if we just passively say we are part of another kingdom, that means affirmatively we're not bowing the knee to you. We're not trying to challenge your authority. We're just not recognize you, recognizing you as the ultimate one down here. But those authoritarians tend to see it not that way with a nuance, but as a direct threat against their preeminence. I am concerned that there's only so many, I said this to a friend of mine in another state this morning, we were talking about this. There's only so many times you can screw the people that own all the guns at the Supreme Court and they'll take it. There's only so many times that the media can have one standard for their beliefs and not for you. Um, and the people with the guns will take it. There's only so many times you can shut their businesses down because they're non-essential and the people with the guns will take it. I am concerned that... <laughs> Those aren't even canaries and coal mines, but omens of where this is ultimately going. And that people are going to feel as if, and even though I don't want it to go there, I can't argue against the sentiment, which is why I'm, I'm, I'm worried about this. You know, it's the line from Lord of the Rings that you quote all the time. Open war is upon you, whether you wish it or not. And if we're now just going to fabricate out in the open results and we're just going to take days and weeks after the election and just keep counting and counting and counting. At some point, the people with the guns are going to be left with no other conclusion other than, I guess, might makes right then. That's 
you know, why we always had this Second Amendment was for moments like this. So kick the tires and light the fires. Let's get Maverick and Iceman fired up and uh, we feel the need for speed. I'm, I'm not in favor of that. I'm not. When it's at all possible, I'm commanded to live in peace with everyone. But what's the first phrase there? When it's at all possible. And if we're just going to do this now, because at least, hey, I could go get my own judges, right? We could get point our own judges then. Sure. Okay. Um, I can create my own media then. I'll create my own media then. Have my own counter narrative. How do I counter this peacefully? How do I counter it? Do you know? I oh. can't think of how you would counter this peacefully. So then it would probably take unpeaceful means to counter it, right? Yeah. That is my worry. And that's keeps me up at night about this election is that. Yeah. Well, you know, I worry about the same kind of thing at the polling place itself. Yeah. Number 10. Assume you're being lied to. True news. True at a Detroit Lions level of cosmic <laughs> understand. Who, it, it, we were in over there. In the break The three room. of us in the yeah. break room just chatting. Came up with a talk. It was a serious talk. It took a little while, but we came to it, fleshed it out a little bit, felt good about it. You mean for the motto for the show this year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But couldn't have, I couldn't have possibly believed that what was coming was coming. And we why, all. Why am I never right about good stuff? Why did I come up with a motto like, assume we're going to be rich? Back here on the Steve Day Show, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. You know, we spoil our pets in lots of different ways. Um, I got uh, done taking my shower for the show today, came downstairs, and Anna and Zoe, uh, they said they're going to run an errand while I was in the shower. I come downstairs and I figure out where the errand was. They are down on the family room floor with like a cavalcade of dog chew toys, squeaky toys that they have purchased for Cap our dog and they're just playing with the dog like they used to when they were little. Okay. So that's one way we spoil our dogs. Another way, of course we take them walking, running, etc. You know, one way they need us to spoil them is with nutrition because a lot of the vitamins and nutrients they need the most are not in the food that they eat these days. That food is sterilized. Every bit is dead when it leaves the factory is a lot of the food that we eat. That's why we're taking so many supplements these days as well. And that's where rough greens comes in. It's not a dog food, but a dog food supplement that you sprinkle on your pet's food and it's loaded. It tastes great. Not that I've tried it, but Cap likes it, so I'm going to take his recommendation. It's loaded with antioxidants, omega oils, uh, all the vitamins, minerals, pre, probiotics you're looking for. And they want to give you an option to see if you don't see a difference in your dog, a healthy difference, in two weeks or less. So get the 14-day Jumpstart bag today for just $14.95 when you go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. Again, that's roughgreens.com slash blaze. Let's bring on our good buddy, Congressman Chip Roy from the great state of Texas. Good to have you back, brother. How are you? Doing great, Steve. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. Let me, before we get to what's going on in the campaign, 
Let me get to an issue that has emerged in your backyard over the weekend, and that is um, what's going on with Attorney General Ken Paxton. I know you put out a statement on Facebook over the weekend about this, and I've I've got some people down there in Texas. Obviously, one of our Blaze headquarters is right down there in Dallas that are concerned. Um, hey, listen, if, if somebody's guilty of something, you know, we're all law and order people. That's why we have investigations, right? But they're also concerned that this close to the election, hey, is this going to open up opportunities for voter fraud and things of that nature because he's off the board? So uh, can you address the situation, your statement, and then uh, what you still know is going on to ensure voter integrity in Texas without uh, with, with what's going on with the AG? Well, thanks, Steve. Yeah, first of all, uh, you know, I've worked at the Office of the Attorney General, as you might know. I was the first assistant. I know it well. Uh, there are 4,000, over 4,000 employees there. Um conducting a whole lot of operations, 700 lawyers, uh, you know, in court, 28,000 cases. We've got, you know, the Affordable Care Act case in front of the Supreme Court. Uh, and obviously they're doing a lot of work right now on mail-in ballots and protecting the integrity of elections. And that's actually what, what why it's so important that we make sure we've got good leadership at the AG's office. But here's the thing. The folks that are operating and doing all that litigation, those great lawyers, they're doing it right now. They're doing it fine. Um, the seventh floor, as we called it when I was there, the folks who are in the Solicitor General's office, uh, they are working night and day, making sure that they're uh, watching what's going on in the state and making sure we protect our elections. And let's also remember, the governor did a great job here in making sure that we're focusing on uh, absentee ballots, normal course of action, where you send in a request to get an absentee ballot, and then early voting. But we did not embrace, as some states foolishly did, the broad mail-in ballot approach. We're trying to make sure we protect our elections here. And it started with that decision. And obviously, the Office of the Attorney General is making sure we enforce state laws to ensure that our elections are protected. And they'll continue to do that. Uh, That's not put in jeopardy in the slightest bit. I made my decision uh, to call for resignation because I think it's fundamentally important to stand behind those very lawyers I'm talking about, the ones that are sitting out there and running the business every day. These are people that I know because I was there. And I think it's important to stand with them. And so that's why I made my decision to do that uh, yesterday. All right, let's get to your race now individually, because when you look at your district, I think even though you're in a state that is is the last really remaining reliably red state of Matt, that's a big population state. And who knows, maybe that is changing uh, over time. Who knows that there's a lot of debate about that. But your district in particular, I think, is a good cross section for where a lot of the battle on a national level is taking place. All right. Give us the conditions on the ground in your district right now. What are you hearing from voters? pre-debate, post-debate, um, if the it, what, what issues are driving them your way? Um, wh- what issues are you concerned about because the narrative tilts to the other side? Give, give us a good forecast of what's going on in Chiproy's district right now. Well, first of all, you know, the American people, and I think the district that I represent, Texas 21 and Central Texas, they are concerned, as you would expect them to be, on all the things that matter to them in terms of community safety, making sure we get through this virus, getting our jobs back. Those issues are front and center to all Americans. That's what I hear every day when I'm on the campaign trail. But they're also concerned in a broad sense of making sure that we all stand up proudly for America, right? The choice that you have here, this election, this cycle, between those who believe in our country, believe in its greatness, believe in what you can accomplish, putting a man on the moon, curing polio, defeating Nazi Germany, defeating the Japanese, all the things we've been able to do when we stand up together, united as a country, 
proud of our nation, proud of our values, proud of our core beliefs and our founding principles versus those who want to tear that down versus those that want to side with BLM and Antifa instead of law enforcement, those who want to politicize a virus, right? Who politicizes a virus? I'll tell you who Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, the media, they're politicizing a virus. The American people have no interest in doing. The American people want us to have a sane, rational approach to dealing with a virus, protect the vulnerable, just like I did when I was not with my mom and dad for uh, almost seven months between Christmas and July 4th. My dad's a polio survivor, Steve. He's a polio survivor. He was one of those 300,000 children that were inflicted by polio between 1945 and 1955. And I wanted to protect him and my 71-year-old mom and not hurt, right? My Kids didn't get to go see them and so forth all through the spring. They didn't get to come to baseball games. We weren't, you know, hugging them at Easter. Uh, but we did our job to try to protect them. But for those of us who are younger and healthier, we knew we needed to get out and get busy, make sure our schools are open, make sure our jobs are uh, being fulfilled and that our economy is strong for the good and the health of everybody. So that's where the that's where the American people are. That's where the people of Texas 21 are. They want a rational approach to getting through this virus, getting our economy back, standing with law enforcement over these crazy radical leftists who want to remake our country. And that's where they are. And, you know, I, I you know, you mentioned the debate. Uh, I hope when I believe when the president has another debate with with uh, Vice President Biden, I hope that he will focus on the accomplishments of the administration. You know, what we've done in the Middle East, what we've done by standing with Israel, what we've done by taking out Soleimani, and now you've got UAE and Bahrain, uh, you know, doing historic deals with Israel. Standing crushing up for ISIS. Border security. Never mentioned yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, crushing ISIS, border security, the wall. I mean, he, he mentioned the wall 1.6 million times in the 2016 election. <laughs> I fact-checked that. That's the actual number. And uh, he didn't mention it during the debate. So the president needs to get on offense uh, defending his uh, very strong conservative record leaving this country. Where do you sense? I, so you've already answered what my next question was going to be, and and I know you're you are the office holder now, but you spent so much time advising these guys, you can't help but look at this analytically. So you've yeah. so so you're like you're like trying to run on a policy platform while analyzing your own actions at the exact same time because you've yeah. been on the other side of the of the conversation. I get that. So I was going to ask you, hey, if you could advise the president what to do these last four weeks, but I think you kind of answered it, which is run more on your record and i think i think that they were paralyzed for months by the virus paralyzed in their messaging by the virus and the reality is that he can't i don't believe you guys can win the, a, a karen election that if that if you think the answer to uh, to the pandemic is to is to stop our way of life that's just counter to who we are as conservatives I mean, we just, we don't, we look to, for ways to overcome things, not to succumb to things, right? We don't do victimology, things of that nature. And so if that's the narrative, I don't know how he can win. To me, the narrative he's needed all along is what he came out of that hospital with. Hey, I had this, I confronted it head on and the treatments and stuff we have, I'm in the high risk group. I'm overweight, 75 years old, and I'm feeling great. You know, we don't have to lose our lives to this thing. I, I think, he, you know, the econ- first of all, the economy is bouncing back as we speak in real time. But I think it would have been fully back if, if this had been their messaging chip for the last several months, maybe even weeks ago. Do you think it's too late to get an adva- to get on the, the offense with that message? Well, it's, I, I, would, I don't want to say it's never too late. There's this a point at which you know, November 3rd, it might be too late. But I will say this. We're four weeks out literally today. 
and early voting in Texas starts next week. Uh, my recommendation to the White House has been, will be, and will continue to be to go on offense unapologetically saying that you're proud to stand up in defense of this country, proud to stand up and make sure that we've got a reasonable, rational approach to dealing with the virus, but never back down from the very core notion of the American idea that we take this head on and we beat the virus by virtue of the healthy among us going out and working hard, protect the vulnerable, but let's get out, let's work, let's go back to school. It's the American way. And be on offense to talk about jobs, talk about a strong border, talk about law and order, talking about safety on our communities, talking about making sure that we've got good judges like, yeah, Amy Coney Barrett, but also the 200 other great judges that have been appointed who actually believe in the Constitution. Talk about Israel, talk about historic Middle East peace, and talk about the chai comms and beating their head into the ground. I'm sick of having China run over the United States of America. Let's take on the chai comms. The president was one of the ones leading on that. This is an easy thing to do. And the president missed the mark, in my, in my opinion, in the debate by not going on offense on that stuff and, and allowing uh, Wallace to control it. The president's usually better at that and depth at that. And I hope in the next debate, and I believe there will be one, I hope there will be one, uh, that the president uh, focus on those great, uh, that great track record. And, uh, and, and that's what motivates the American people. The American people still believe in this country. And the fact that this president, look, this is simple. You either believe in America or you don't. That's it. Hmm. This president, whatever you think of him, loves his country, believes in America. And I know I do. And I can tell you that the Democratic candidates, they believe in BLM. They believe in Marxism. They believe in tearing down our country. They want to undo our history. They want to train our kids to hate their country. They want to completely undermine our economy. They want to ban fracking. They want wide open borders. They want to destroy the economy, the regulations. They want to side with Iran over Israel. They want to uh, exterminate babies after 20 weeks in the womb. This is a group of people who do not marry the values of the American people. And we shouldn't let this virus distract us from the reality of the future of our country and the greatness of our country. Dude, I want to hop in a DeLorean and I want to go back to last Tuesday with 80 million people watching and I want to hear Donald Trump say what you just said, like word for word, what you just said. Well, me too. And uh, I'm going to have a debate with Wendy Davis tonight. I plan to make those points tonight because that's what this is about. And Wendy, look, Wendy Davis is just proxy for the radical left led by Nancy Pelosi, the radical left that's targeting the president, the radical left that wants to rip apart our country, the radical left that wants open borders. She's proxy for all of that. She's known for filibustering on the floor of the Texas Senate for abortion. But people don't talk about it. It was for 20-week abortion. It was for third trimester abortion. Uh, she's radically out of touch with the American people, as are the entirety of the Democratic Party running this country. Kamala Harris is the most liberal senator in the United States Senate. Kamala Harris has said she wants to ban fracking. Kamala Harris uh, is known to uh, be a radical leftist. And guess what? Who's going to be running the show, right? Who's going to be running the show over there? Um, I don't believe that Joe Biden is going to be running the show. And look, at the end of the day, uh, we need to make sure that we're very clear about what we stand for and what we believe and put that out there in this remaining four weeks. And I'm still of the belief there are a lot of people out there in the United States who are looking at this election through the right lens, which is you're either with America or you're against America. And you make the choice. I'm pretty fired up now. I got to be honest, man. I was pretty down uh, just with everything going on. I felt pretty overwhelmed at the start of the show, but you fired me back up, brother. I think it was providential having you on today. Good to see you, my friend, as always. All right, good luck in the debate tonight, but I don't think you're going to need it. I think you're good to go. Yeah, God bless you, man. Let's all keep our head up. We love this country. Our forefathers fought for it. And that's our job right now. Carry that flag forward. God bless you, my friend. Amen. That's our buddy.
Congressman Shiproy from Texas. Todd, your thoughts? Well, that's what I was... There's no happier warrior than Shiproy. Just watch whatever videos you're normally watching, President Trump. Just watch him debate tonight. Honest, just watch that debate. And then I can almost tell you with what is it, Aaron? 96, 97, 99.9% certainty, same as COVID. Just do the same thing and you're going to win this election. Yeah, and that's... I, guys, I saw somebody say yesterday, I don't know if uh, Donald Trump embracing the don't live in fear of COVID, don't be afraid of it, don't let it control your life. I'm not sure if that's a good message because many Americans actually are afraid of COVID. Guys, that's all the more reason why we need that message. Okay, there has been very few... Uh, messages. There have been very few leaders like Chip Roy and now what Donald Trump is saying about don't let your life be dominated by this virus. There have been very few messages like that. It's something that I think like a moth to the flame. I think if we had more realistic but yet positive and strong leadership like that, guys, there's uh, things would turn around so quickly instead of the constant doom and gloom of what we've been fed over the last six months. So as Todd said, you know, whatever it takes, whether it's watching chip debate tonight, whatever it takes to have Donald Trump after the next debate, put up the sign on the white house. that says one day without an accident. I think <laughs> yeah. that's what we you, need. You want to really be in a good mood? <laughs> Maybe you saw this already, but from Scott Atlas about Trump quote, he's not afraid. He's not going to hide in the basement, endorse another lockdown frozen in fear behind a mask. Yeah. I need a cigarette. I, I, I needed it in June. I know. But July. I take Maybe even, I, you know what? I'll settle for August and September. I needed it. I know, but, but you know what? Work with me here. I, I know, Work with me. I know. You're trying. I appreciate it. I know. I know. Because again, these things are about environments. He, Republicans can't win in a Karen environment. Because they're fighting their own base at the same time they're lobbying people where the better... We're the, we're the better cradle-to-grave caregivers here. Because people become Republicans because they don't want that. They want to live their own lives. So that's not an instinctive good environment. Any more than we should go, hey, we're at war. Let's go kill a bunch of people who hate us. That's not typically a good instinctive environment for Democrats to run in, right? Okay? So if it was always about security and make me feel like everything will be safe and nothing's risky, then he could never win. Because we can't win those debates. That's not our argument. Our argument is that life is uncertain. It's an imperfect world. Therefore, we try to do our, the best we can to create the most opportunities we have for you to overcome that. But there's no outcome that's guaranteed. Am I going to hear music on the way out so that I know when to go? There you go. There it is. Okay. I wasn't sure. All right. There it is. I hear it. Hey! It's fixed. It's fixed. All right. So you guys didn't know anything was going on. Meanwhile, all hell was breaking loose here inside the studios. All right. Hey, we're back at it again tomorrow. Until then, noon to 2 Eastern after Glenn Beck, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.